Welcome to Babes Get Baked, your fave pot podcast, hosted by your babe, Ashley Shea. We'll spill all the high tea and nothing is off limits. Welcome back to another episode of Babes Get Baked. Today, I'm joined by the everyday goddess, Carlin Costa, a clinical sexologist, psychotherapist, and author. Carlin, thanks so much for being on this with me today. How are you doing? I am good, babe. How are you doing? I'm great. So why don't we jump into things? Tell me about what you do, your work as a psychotherapist and sexologist. Right? Isn't that like the super fun job? I'm a clinical sexologist and OCSW at System psychotherapist and I work with all kinds of people I primarily work with self-identified women but I do work with self-identified men every gender my radical love and lifestyle brand is the everyday goddess I love it and it's a fun name you know and I'm not gonna lie to you I came up with it while I was high on mushrooms so oh my like, God. of course <laughs> that's how all great ideas come to light yeah I just I created the everyday goddess and the reason why I call it the everyday goddess is because I wanted a space of radical love but I wanted wanted a space where women could feel radically confident in whatever way that looks. And what a better way to exalt the experience of, of women, of the sacred divine feminine, of all of that with the word goddess. I really resonated with that, but I was like, I wanted this to be relatable. So that's why the everyday talking about how you can empower yourself, exalt yourself, ignite, amplify your power every single day as the goddess that you deserve to be revered as. You know what I mean? That's what I that's that. Yeah, I think that's a good comparison too. I mean, especially with social media, so many women in particular are so affected by it. We compare ourselves to each other and everything like that. So I think that's just amazing. The everyday woman, but as a goddess. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, as a clinical sexologist, so I do talk a lot about pleasure. I talk a lot about orgasms. I consider myself to be Ooh. a bit of an, right? I consider myself to be an orgasm activist. We can talk we about that. We need more of those. We yeah, need more yeah. for you. <laughs> Yeah, right. Because there is a thing called the orgasm gap and I am over it. Over it. Do you know what the orgasm gap is? Me too. Oh my goddess, right? I'm also a psychotherapist. So I am a mental health professional, right? A counselor. And I can hold that space because often when we're talking about sex, it's really fun and it's really wonderful, but like Mm -hmm. sex. And when I say that word, people feel a lot of stuff, right? They They feel so much stuff when you say sex. So there's a lot of trauma around sex. There's a lot of celebration around sex. There's just so much around sex that I was like, okay, if I'm going to do this work, I need to make sure that I have a really good basis to support someone through their mental health because it's no joke. Mental health matters. Of course. I mean, especially over the past, you know, what, 10 years of lockdown? No, I mean, yeah, feels like 10 years. (laughs) Right, totally. So that's what I do, you know, I work with people one-on-one in my private practice. And then I have uh, the Everyday Goddess brand, which is a shop and we run different programs. We have a program for women, we have a program for men. It's a good life. And then I talk about plant medicine, which is also why we're here today, because that's how you and I met, which is the best. Yes, uh, just plant medicine, connecting everyone together. I love it. So did you start off with your background as a psychotherapist and then kind of delve into being a sexologist? I finished off my social work stuff and then I actually started doing group therapy. So my first 
kind of like residency, like my first kind of training was three years. I did group therapy for men who were convicted of abusing their partners. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I did that work for a few years. And so picture me in a room with like 20 men who have all been convicted of domestic abuse, uh, sexual abuse. And like, they either go back past my course or they go back to jail. Like, oh my gosh, really? Yeah, girl, you learn confidence real fast. (laughs) And had a hold space for a room pretty quickly when you're in that work. And then I've also worked in a women's shelter. I wasn't able to stay in that space for too long. It was really triggering to me as a woman. I was just like, ugh. This isn't what I want to do, but I wanted yeah. to like be in the space because I thought it was really important for me to learn of that space, right? I think people are just so disconnected from the realities of the hardships of our communities, of people in need in our community. Because then I went from that to working an HIV AIDS service organization. So I was working with HIV positive clients. And then also they also had a needle exchange. So I also worked in Canada's second largest needle exchange in the country. Wow. So working with people in that space. I can't, but that sounds like you just went through so many incredible experiences and learned a lot. And I really like how you kept saying you really learned how to hold space. I think as I've gotten older, you learn how to become more compassionate and listen, right? That's so important. So thank you for all the work that you've done and are continuing to do. Um, Thanks, Joe. So let's just dive into how perhaps cannabis has played a role in your life and how you've come to integrate it into your practices. Totally. So I came to cannabis at, by the age of 16. Like the 16 was the first time I tried weed. I'm not going to lie. And I was like, and it wasn't even weed. It was hash oil. And like, oh. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because small town girl, like you can get weed, but like oil was the shit in my small town. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, you made a bottle toke, a bottle bong in the park with your friends with tin oh, foil course, and like a little knife. And that's oh, the right passage. Yeah. 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 You know, you, I did that for the, and I remember I was in the park and I was like, whoa, this is going to change my life. Okay. <laughs> All right. And then slowly I started learning and integrating my relationship with cannabis. So at first it was a very recreational, you know, young rebellious kid. And of course, yeah, yeah. We've all been there. Yeah. But still had to be an A student, you know, that kind of thing. (laughs) The pressure is a lot. So, uh, so that's how I kind of got like, was introduced to cannabis, but then I started integrating it. That became a journey and and is a journey and has become a journey because then I became a medical patient for cannabis because of anxieties that I had because of some relieving of my own traumas, healing from those that I had experienced in my life. And in that work, in the medical space, I was able to learn how to integrate it as a sacred plant medicine. So then I did sacred sex work and then sacred plant medicine work as well. So learning how to kind of bring two of my worlds together. And now, you know, a little bit of a a scientist and a, a little bit of a sacred goddess, I try to integrate both. And cannabis is just one of the best medicines that I can help people access because now here in Canada, it's legal before I was helping people get medical licenses and the energy of cannabis is very much in alignment with my work and who I am. So, you know, weed for the win. Weed for the win. I love it. (laughs) Now, when you mentioned sacred sex work, can you elaborate on that? Sacred sex work. So sex, 
S-E-X, Sacred Energy Exchange. I can profess myself to be an orgasm activist. I can profess myself to be a little bit of a slut in my own right. Claim it, babe, right? Yeah. At one point in my life, definitely, you know. Unfortunately, I've been a survivor of certain assaults around sex. There is just so much around sex. And especially as a woman, I, I am a cisgendered woman. So as a woman, the experience of sex and our relationships with sex is so layered. We get the patriarchy. We get the the patriarchal institutions of life. We get men. We get women on women. We get like all of this stuff. And I needed to heal from that. I needed to connect with my body and learn how to embody her power, her potential, and her pleasure in a whole other way. So what happened is, is that I was in this relationship, you know, I thought that it was the one Mm-hmm. And the, f- the first thing to go and the first thing I say to all of my patients and I see in all my patients is like the first thing to go is always the sex life. And when you lose your sex life in your partnership, it is a symptom of a bigger problem. It's not it's never the problem. People always come to me and they'll be like, we don't have sex anymore. And I was like, OK, you're going to hang out with me for a while yeah. because I know you think that not having sex is the problem. But that's always just a symptom of an underlying problem. Yeah. So when I kicked that motherfucker out, I <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I got to do something different here. And I want to embody my body. I don't just want to be in it. I want to embody it. So I met some friends and I was looking for the next level connection. I've always been a spiritual woman, uh, intuitive, that kind of work. I've always been very connected to the universe and the energy and all that kind of way. Because I think that's why that's how we connected so well too. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 111%. I was looking for more. I was looking for another way to learn about my body that wasn't going to be served to me in a textbook. So I came across the sacred sex world and the sacred sex world for some people means Tantra. For some people, it means sacred sex. For some people, it means BDSM in that beautiful world. It it means so many different things. It means breath work. It means intentional masturbation and orgasm. It means semen retention. It means uh, that one's new. I don't. Yeah, that one. Oh yeah, yeah. It means mindful abstinence. It means understanding that your sacral energy, activated from your sacral chakra, is your life force. Right. When we always see those pictures of like the serpent coming up from the base of our pelvises and up to our bodies, is because that sacral chakra really is a connector of our creativity of our life and of our power i'm loving this conversation right now (laughs) yes this is me this is what i do so did some training in sacred sex work and i learned a whole bunch of new ways to get people to exercise their pleasure and their power i went to california had some orgies in the mountains and it was a good time No, and it's uh, and it was good. So sacred sex is just about understanding. You know, it's about eliminating the the virgin and whore dichotomy, mm-hmm. right? That binary experience that the patriarchy really puts on us that that our communities currently only have a limited understanding of and imparted on us as if it's the word, you know, and really just eliminating that and seeing us and seeing yourself as an energetic being. You know, like I became a sex doctor 
because I was that friend. I was that friend that at three in the morning, the girls and the guys would be crying on my bed because like they made out with somebody or like, yeah. like they came home and walked into my house because they needed food and they just had sex with somebody. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was that friend and I love sex. And it's, Who doesn't? Well, bro, like that's what I'm trying to tell people, but <laughs> there's a lot of people who would think, especially, you know, in my time, it's like I grew up through the internet, right? Like I remember like really briefly, like I'm not that old, but I remember very briefly, no internet. Like I kind of don't remember. And then all of a sudden there was internet and I was like, oh, this is an interesting thing. Like I remember, I, I remember MS-DOS, you know what I mean? I'm an yeah. kid. And knowing that it, it's like you grow up in learning how to connect with such, with the world right? Your world, when me growing up, our world was limited to, to whatever we saw on TV, yeah. and whatever we saw in magazines, like celebrities were these like untouchables things. And now I'm just like celebrity. Cool. But like, you know, what do you do for the world kind of thing? Yeah. Right. Like, and I had a lot of fun in university, like in college, like everybody's you should, like, I highly encourage everybody to go out and be a slut, like go out and explore. I know I tell all my friends, that, honestly, I have friends that have been in like seven, eight, nine year long-term relationships. And it's no. like, good for you. <laughs> I commend you, but go out and explore a little or see if you can bring new things in. A hundred percent. And when you're young and sexy and everything is juicy and light, like, oh you know, yeah. Yeah. Like take advantage of that right and when I broke up in that relationship and I started like on my slut capades like I, I was just like let's do it yeah I was like I haven't had sex in two years I'm like I'm gonna do something about that now right like ugh. yeah so, uh, so I made up for it but in that <laughs> I, <laughs> I started to realize like I'm taking on the energy of people I also became more sensitive and more in relationship with my spirituality at that time as well so understanding that energetic exchange is not just an emotions it's it's in how you share your energy with someone yeah and when you get into the world of like breath work when you get into the world of like tantra and of sacred sex you start to learn how precious your energy is and you start to recognize and learn that everyone one that you allow into your body because I am a cisgendered woman with a vagina means something yep. from a sacred perspective and then scientifically as well you know they say that when someone is inside of you right like their skin set like their cells deposit in your body for a really yep. long time like so I was also just like well I also don't want just people shit in me like whether it's energetic or literally body cells <laughs> yes. you know what I mean so I started to get a little bit more particular and a little yeah, bit yeah it's like it's a privilege to be inside of me okay like that's the one that's the one exactly exactly about owning the fact that it is a privilege to be inside of me to exchange with me and that's where sacred sex really came in to kick in that message for me I absolutely love that. With some of your patients as a sexologist, how do you bring up the topic of cannabis? Do you recommend it or how does that conversation flow? Great question. So because I'm a psychotherapist, I'm not a psychiatrist, so I can't prescribe, which is why I also like to work with plant medicine because with plants, I can tell you to do what you want to do with plants, right? <laughs> but how that conversation usually goes is I always start off when people are looking for more more support other than just talk therapy. I'll say, have you talked to your MD first, right? Mm -hmm. Have you talked to your MD? Have you explored? What options have you explored? Then I start by saying, okay, what are you, then we start to look at your symptoms. So what are your symptoms? What are you looking to kind of heal or shift 
grow? You know, what is it that we're looking for? And then people will tell me, you know, this is what I'm feeling. And then I'll say, okay, well, have you considered cannabis? THC does this, CBD does this, the largest system of receptors in our body is the endocannabinoid system. Did you know that? Did you know that you can microdose cannabis? Did you know that you can use it topically? Did you know that you can edible it? You can smoke it. Like you can put it on a patch. You can do so many things with it. You can put it in your butt and call it a good day. You know, options are endless, endless. So with my patients, right. It really just depends on what they're showing up as. So some women will come to me, for example, with like PCOS, endometriosis, vaginismus, dyspareunia, which is a pain upon penetration. And what I'll do is I'll talk to them, you know, instead of getting like a numbing, like, unless they want a numbing cream for sure. But some women will say to me, they're like, I don't want to use this numbing cream, right? I still want to kind of be present in it. So we'll talk about the practice of de-armoring, for example. So de-armoring is this practice where you can take a crystal dildo and you can actually start to work out, you insert it with intention and you can actually start to work out some of your pain points within your vagina. And almost like a massage, almost like a massage. Yeah. But you're doing it intentionally because so much of our pain in our body manifests because of emotional distress. When some of us women have like uh, have scar tissue, right? Due to childbirth, childbirth is a trauma, right? Due to sexual assaults of any kind, also a big trauma or due to just being neglected or disassociating or abandoned, you can still have these traumas. Anxiety, for example, anxiety is highly linked to PCOS Mm -hmm. and vaginismus, right? There's a lot that our pelvic areas, our vaginas will respond to in relationship to our emotional wellness. What I talk to some of those women about is, hey, have you considered applying some cannabis, maybe some CBD oil to help relieve the pain? But then I also talk to women about like, hey, how can you have bigger, juicier and better fucking orgasms? Oh my gosh, here we go. Yeah, yeah. So then I talk about, hey, put some THC on your clit and tell me how it goes because I'm (laughs) telling you right now it's going to be a good time, right? Because it activates all of the receptors in your body as in your pelvic area as well. It brings all the blood flow there. Cannabis is just such a multifaceted medicine that thank goddess that like we legalized it 111%. And thank goddess that women are starting to come out from under the stigma of accessing it, um, Mm -hmm. which is really, really great because now women like me can talk to people about it, right? Can talk to people about using cannabis for the anxiety, for their depression, for the pain in their body, for helping heal their traumas, for helping them set their intentions and manifestations, right? Because one of the most powerful ways that you can manifest is through orgasm. And I learned that many years ago when we can exalt our bodies and our energy energy in such an intentional way, right? It really can project our manifestations to another level. Cannabis helps us connect and deepen and embody that relationship so well. I love that. And I've I've been such a big advocate for cannabis, obviously, but for even self-pleasure, I'll tell a lot of my girlfriends, incorporate that into your bedtime routine because trust me, mine is amazing. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, that's also why I created the 1 million orgasms campaign. So I have this like little mini campaign called the 1 million orgasms campaign because I really want people to start masturbating more. Like I really want people to start because I feel like the world would just be so much fucking happier if people just had more orgasms. You know what I mean? I know that for like probably 
probably. I mean, I'm just assuming that guys do. I've just always masturbated. I don't know for yeah. how, you know, from how young I was, but I've just, I've always done it. And I just assume that other women do too, but that's not necessarily the case. No, definitely not necessarily the case. Definitely not. With Guys, I find that a lot of men, a lot of men, a lot of people penises do. Yeah. I have personally yet to encounter a man who doesn't self-pleasure at all. Yeah. Right. Whereas I have met many women who don't self-pleasure or never have at all. I mean, just like a month that or two. That blows my mind. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I just had a, a month or two ago, I had a patient, a new patient, and I had to, and she's 45 years old, and I had to teach her where the clit was. Right. Wow. So yeah, I mean, she, she called me the next week and she was like oh my god you've changed my sex life I was like girl like thank god is like welcome to your clitoris and that's one of those things too with like the orgasm gap I think guys you know they only know so much about women based on what they've been taught which is a very you know outdated education system and then women ourselves if we don't know our body then how do we expect others to when was the last time you looked at your pussy tell me like tell me what it looks like tell yourself what it looks like draw a picture of it I make some of my patients draw pictures of their pussy so that they can Connect with their south mouth. Connect with. Is that fun? Their south mouth. Connect with a part of our bodies that has been like named dirty and unworthy and unacceptable and has just created, it has been so problematic when it is the source of life itself. Oh, absolutely. I feel that. And like, why do we feel bad about that? Why do we not have a nurture relationship with our with our pussies? And then understanding it the power of its potential when especially those of us with vaginas like our life cycle is really governed by that relationship by the changes of it our entire lives right like guys don't really people penises like you you come and that's it like you know what i mean (laughs) yeah like boring yeah but we menstruate we menopause we give birth like we ovulate like there's just so many different things that happen there and yet we are so disconnected from it and that to me like that to me is what why one of the big reasons why I do this work is yeah I think more women out there need to feel empowered by their sexuality and just mm-hmm. by sex overall but I think in society you know we we're slut shamed and we're like just taught all these things and it's, it's so unfortunate but hopefully it'll turn around your campaign one million orgasms I'm all for it where do I sign where do I share this oh my god I have a I have a link on my website is one million orgasms and I'm literally trying to collect one million orgasms like anytime you have an orgasm I want you to like fill it out and then we have like oh, a little okay. I'll make that go up real quick yeah 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 we have like a little meter you know what I mean I, I started it over the pandemic and I was like well everyone's at home uh, fucking so like let's maybe see how many we can record how would you recommend I'd say so for me I've had partners in the past who don't really consume cannabis at all or even just almost Mm -hmm. never maybe a few times in their life let's say if one partner is a more experienced cannabis user and the other isn't how would you recommend them both just integrating it into their sex life question I get get asked that right like how do you integrate cannabis when your partner doesn't right and I think it's really just about discussing the method 
with your partner, right? Discussing um, the intention of it for you. In the relationship, I would start with the intention and then looking at the method. There's many different ways that you can use cannabis and it not have your partner be part of it, right? Yeah, because I found that my own routine when I'm just by myself, my own self-pleasure routine at night, especially, I'll take like an edible or oil or capsule about an hour before I know I'm going to head to bed and then it'll kick in or sorry, an hour and a half. It'll kick in maybe half an hour in while I'm doing some yoga or I'm journaling and then self-pleasure time. So I kind of have it down to like a T for myself, but I've found personally, I've actually never been with a partner that consumes as regularly as I do. I and mean, even though I'm such a huge advocate for it, I don't necessarily use it as much and consume with them when we do have sex, just because they don't. Um, even though they're cool with it, if I do, mm-hmm. I just personally don't even uh, don't consume as much. Okay, why? You're on a different wavelength, I find. Yeah. And I also find it so much more enjoyable when you are both high and you just you're experiencing that together, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> another dimension. So when you're high with your partner. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, that's the best. Really, it really is the best. But no, I get. I mean, I get what you're saying, right? You're a little bit at a different vibration. You know, you're you might get all up in your head a little bit more if you're high and you know that your partner's not high. But and I've had that with like maybe one or two part. I'm trying to think one or two partners. Not a lot, actually. In my experience, a majority of my partners have consumed with me. But I've had a couple uh-huh. who haven't. You know, for me, it has just been about okay. But why am I doing this? what does this bring me and and then I set my intention for it and do that kind of thing but you know I think it's okay like if you if you don't want to do it so much with your partner but I just wouldn't disallow that from you coming away from your relationship with cannabis if that's not what you want either you know what I mean I like that so set an intention for it and I've tried to get some of my past partners into it but they end up getting a little too high and I'm like no don't take this extra toe I know that's past your limit <laughs> right know your limit play within it like that's it. oh know your limit play within it that's a new one I haven't heard of that one yet absolutely absolutely know your limit play within it and like I love introducing people to cannabis because I think it's just so much fun seeing the joy that people can come from but you also have to be a space holder to be able to do that right like my one of my biggest pet peeves is when someone's like oh just try this and just try this drug just try this medicine just try this whatever and then just like let them go wild and free and you're like what no hold on a second Yeah, yeah yeah Safety needs to be created in these spaces, right? So as a space holder, I let, I love that experience because I love that shared experience because that first experience can really either elevate or deter someone from continuing yeah. on that relationship. So I, I kind of take it really personally of like, okay, we're going to have an experience. So I make sure like the mood is right. Like for the, sure. The set the setting. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like the sun is setting, we got good talk. We got snacks ready. We got like drinks ready. We're like got a fire going maybe, you know what I mean? Like definitely, we're all here for a good time. So, and that's, you know, that's really important. I think if you're going to introduce your partner to it, that there is a safety around it and that you, if you are introducing someone to it, then you have to take on the role as the expert Mm -hmm. because in that moment you are, you're the adult. So act like it, you know? Yeah. Question. I don't know if other people get this too. I'm sure because a lot of people get the pasties when you know your mouth dries up a little. So I find that during sex sometimes when I'm 
when I'm higher, I've consumed cannabis. I get that sometimes. And then I'm like, I'm not giving the best blowjob right now. I swear I can do better. I swear I can get more sloppy than this guy. Xerostomia. Uh, that's what we call that. We call that xerostomia <laughs> when your mouth dries out. Yeah, I'm like, I, I don't know if there's a work around this. Well, it depends. There, so your actual mouth can dry out, but your pussy can also dry out too. So you get got, caught in mouth in your mouth. You can also get caught in pussy. So mm. like, that's also, I don't know if you've experienced that, but I definitely have where yeah. all of a sudden my pussy dries up and I'm like, no, I am really into this. I promise you. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's happened me a few times too. And then I'm just like, oh gosh, no. So, I mean, there are some workarounds around that. So, and it really just depends on what your contraceptive method is. If you are using condoms as your primary contraceptive method, then you want to be using like a water-based lube. If that's the case, then I would just make sure, especially in your pussy, that you're using a lot of lube, you're doing that kind of stuff. And in your mouth, I would just stay really hydrated, maybe eat some citrus fruits just to kind of get things feeling really good in your mouth. Stay away from like dry snacks or dairy, stay away from dairy and dry stacks and and get more like fruits, citrus, lots of things with lots of other complementary terpenes. And that can help make your mouth actually feel really nice. Okay. So on, on like the bedside table, keep like some pineapple. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Totally. Totally. And then it tastes really, really lovely as well. Right. Yeah. If you don't use condoms, if you don't need to use condoms, then I highly recommend using oils. So oils are really great lubricant as well, if you want to. So some people are okay with coconut oil. You can use coconut oil as a lubricant. Olive oil also tastes really, really good. And I find with coconut oil, especially if you're giving a blowjob, right? Then you can just lather the dick up with coconut oil and like live your best life. And then it also tastes really delicious. And like you semi start to whiten your teeth too. So it's pretty cool. I, I love this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what is that called? I tried that because I saw uh, oil pulling. Yeah. 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 Yeah, she recommended that. Okay, I'm loving this conversation right now. I'm like, <laughs> I'm writing notes. No one can see, but it's like I'm just furiously writing all these notes. Like pineapple, citrus, bonnets. <laughs> gotta go grocery well, shopping after this. <laughs> Well, and pineapple makes you taste better. That's actually like scientifically proven. It is not a myth that pineapple makes your your little your bits, your little bits, your genitals taste better. Yeah, that's a true thing. It really is. I promise you. Anything else? (laughs) Pineapple. What else do you get? Strawberries have been known to have a mild effect, but the number one most effective is pineapple. That actually is a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. (laughs) Those of you who didn't hear, pineapple, just go run out, get some right now. You can thank Carlin later for that. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. You're welcome, Chiquita Banana or Mr. Dole for increasing your stock prices right now. Oh, this has been amazing talking to you. Carlin, I can't thank you enough for being on the podcast. We'll just end off. Do you have any personal favorite strains to consume for sex or self-pleasure? Ooh, I really like Tangy Dream sex big fan i love lamb's bread but lamb's bread i like it for like conversation you know what i mean not necessarily for sex yeah um green crack is also really really great classic yeah yeah it's a classic but but for sex my hands down my favorite one is tangy dream Ooh, okay okay for me and my body it's like it's a hit yeah. All right. So it's about eight o'clock right now. After this, I'm going to go grab some Tangy Dreams. <laughs> you got a grocery list. Yeah. Got a little list right now. Carlin, thanks so much again. And how can people connect with you? 
You can connect with me on all the socials, Instagram at carlin.costa, C-A-R-L-E-N.C-O-S-T-A, on my website, carlincosta.com, and on Facebook at the Everyday Goddess Gang. We've got a great group. Amazing. Thank you, Goddess, so much for being on this. Thank you so much for having me. That's a wrap for this episode. Thanks for listening, babes. Subscribe to know when the latest episode drops and follow us on Instagram at babesgetbaked.